0: IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit TNUSA.com slash Just News. That's TNUSA.com slash Just News. Hello, America, and happy Friday. Happy Friday before. Labor Day weekend. I uh, hope you're all going to have a great weekend. Enjoy the last big fling-wing weekend of the summer before we hit an autumn and, um, and all that that brings. I love this time of year, the end of summer, beginning of fall. Uh, hopefully, I'll be at my cabin cutting wood, so I'm looking forward to that. Well, before we do that, we're going to give you some food for thought. We have an exclusive interview today with the 45th President of the United States, the man who's trying to become the 47th President of the United States, Former President Donald J. Trump, he's going to kick off our show today. There's not a whole lot more you can say about that. We are going to talk about that story I told you about yesterday with Natalia Middlestadt and the Michigan election investigation that appears to have uncovered a nationwide illegal ballot harvesting operation, but it uh, went to the FBI and it seems to have gone nowhere. Uh, The FBI seems to be the place that cases go to die, Uh, but we'll have that. I'm sure the president will be reacting to that. In the second half of the show, we've got uh, some other great, good guests. We'll have them in just a few seconds. But first, let's get a quick commercial break from all of our great advertisers. And uh, we'll be back after that with our exclusive interview with President Donald J. Trump right after this. tattlelock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. You know what folks, stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor formulated weight loss supplement called lean could be your solution. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a health care provider. We have a very special guest tonight. He is the 45th president of the United States and the man fighting to be its 47th president, former President Donald Trump, and he joins us right now by phone. Mr. President, great to have you on the show. Well, thank you, John. Great to be with you. It's great to be with you as well, sir. Uh, I want to talk about a story that uh, surfaced this morning on Just the News, something we've been working on for a while. In Michigan, uh, police records showing that police uncovered what they believe was a nationwide fraudulent ballot application operation run out of Michigan. Democrats in the state confirm that this is a true story. The police confirm it's a true story. The state police confirm it's a true story. And they said, hey, we sent it to the FBI. We've never heard back. We keep being here. There's nothing wrong with the 2020 election. New evidence again. Your reaction to that?
1: Well, I hope they follow through. They'll be world heroes if they do. And they'll be literally the greatest of all patriots because it's a disgrace. What went on with that election is disgraceful. And anybody that talks about it, they like to indict them. And they like to do whatever they can. You see what's happening with me. And it's fortunately driving the poll numbers up. But I want to tell you, it's a disgrace. And I heard about it. Actually heard about it from reading your Just the News, which is which is. And when are you going to get a Pulitzer Prize? Because you were right about Russia and so many other things. But uh, yes. I hope you follow the story up because uh, the ed, uh, the the FBI was like is like a dead box. You know, what a dead box is you throw yep. things in and everything dies. Yeah. Except when it has to do with conservatives, and it's not so dead. But uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a big story. It's really the biggest story, John. There is no bigger story than that, in my opinion, because if we don't have. Fair elections, that we don't. They're corrupt. If we don't have fair elections, and if we don't have borders, I put them together. We don't have a country. And uh, I read that in about Michigan. So, John, you have to tell me: Are people going to continue to follow up with this, or is it going to die? It's a funny let thing. Let Congress go in and get it, but it's disgraceful. Yeah. It's
0: a funny thing, sir. Just about 20 minutes ago, I filled out a bunch of Freedom of Information Act requests, sent them to the FBI right away. We've got some lawyers on hand. We're not going to stop digging till we find out what happened with that case. Well, it's like the
1: uh, guy at the FBI that was in charge of my account. He's now going to jail, okay? And they put it down. as He was the biggest guy in there. He was after Trump. And now they found out it was a fraudulent. He was all fraudulent and all screwed up. And he's going to jail, which is shocking, frankly, if you want to know the truth. But he was bad news. He was really bad news. And we just have to keep fighting. But I hope this story doesn't die. I would ask you not to let this
0: story die. Yeah, we will see it through oh. to the end. We'll be stopping. That's right. We're,
2: <laughs> that
0: <was> <laughs> we're going to keep
2: it alive on this show for very sure. Very
0: dishonest election. Yeah. You keep it alive. Yeah. These
1: the people that'll do it is you. But you have no idea how many stories you have kept alive yeah. that are now big stories. It's very interesting. That's right.
0: Thank you, sir. That's
2: right, uh, Mr. President. Speaking of these shenanigans, you know, I think a lot of voters feel that Republicans did not prepare for the, the fraud and the issues surrounding the 2020 election, a lot of which have not been resolved for various reasons. Looking forward to 2024, as these indictments come down the pike and you see this legal maneuvering by Democrats, are you concerned that this is an attempt to get you off the ballot? And is there a contingency plan? Because even if legal experts say that they can't do that, I have yet to see Democrats let uh, lawfulness, pesky things like that get in the way.
1: Well, it's a great question because uh, you look at Russia, 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 with the game. It was a hoax. You guys understood it very early, but they make up a story, they go with it, and then you have to fight two years to prove your innocence. And this is nothing different. And I'll go a step further. This has to do also with district attorneys and attorney generals in the country because it's coordinated with the DOJ, the corrupt DOJ. It's totally corrupt. I'm so surprised that, Garrett. Garland, I, I thought that he was a liberal guy, very liberal guy, actually, but I thought that he was a high-class kind of a guy that wouldn't allow a thing like this to happen. You understand what I mean by that. I am so surprised that he's allowing all of this corruption to take place in this administration in his administration of the DA, DOJ. I'm shocked by it. But if you look at what's going on, the district attorneys, and it even goes beyond that. They're involved in the lawsuits. I had a lawsuit by a woman. I have no idea who this woman is. Uh, They said he raped her, and I was exonerated on rape. I have no idea who this woman is. And then we find out that, and we have a terrible judge, terrible judge, I believe Clinton appointed. uh, We find out that the cases backed by the Democrats and by their biggest funder, or one of their biggest funders, read something, and he's backing that case. And then we have another case backed by the Democrats, and then we have a third. So these, this is regular litigation backed by the Democrats, the Democrat parties, or their few very big funders. Uh, so this is a whole big conspiracy when you add it all up. Then you have the four cases, and you have the attorney general case in New York, which... There's no way that case can be lost because the numbers are much better as opposed to much worse. The numbers have come up. You know, We've been going through that case for a long time, but they're all put to come up. I mean, how about this judge in Washington the day before super Tuesday, yeah. but sorry, because that slot's uh, taken by another judge who's also got that. So now they're fighting over who can sue me on, on super Tuesday. The whole thing is crazy. The good news is I have a voice because I can speak to you and I can speak to others. And when I speak, I'm able to put my point of view over. And obviously they're buying this point of view, but what's not to buy? They are fighting these judges, federal and otherwise, for we want the day before Super Tuesday. Uh, They've had this case for two and a half years, almost three years. They could have brought it any time. They could have brought it two and a half years ago. They could have brought it a year and a half ago. They didn't do that. They waited. And by the way, if I were doing badly in the polls, instead of leading by 50 points, if I was doing badly in the polls, uh, you, I would have no litigation right now. If I wasn't running, I'd have no litigation right now. This is election interference at the highest level we've ever seen in this country. This is banana republic. It's bad news, yeah. but I think uh, I think it's going to work and work out for us because they overstepped their bounds. They've overstepped their bounds. You know, I never heard the word for me indictment. That's not a word that's in my vocabulary. They didn't teach me that at the law school. of Finance. And all of a sudden, I get indicted like four times in a few seconds, and there were a couple of others, and they disappeared. I I think what happened is Washington called up and said, "Don't do it. Do not do it because they're getting killed because." It's too much. People aren't
0: buying it. It's too much. It it is an extraordinary moment in history, sir. And I want to go back to another thing. In 2019, you were impeached simply for asking Ukraine to look into Hunter Biden's dealings in Ukraine. We were told it was a conspiracy theory. Don't look there. Joe Biden fired the prosecutor because it was only following U.S. policy. We now know from the documents that we got from the State Department last week that he wasn't following U.S. policy. He did the opposite. He was told to give the billion dollars and that Victor Shokin, the prosecutor, was doing a good job. He does the opposite. Four years it takes to get that story, the honest story. How frustrating is it to you? And do you think this opens the door for Joe Biden to be impeached? Well, I've never been apologized to. You know, that wasn't just that I was treated unfairly. I was
1: exactly right. And if you go, you know, thank goodness we had that call taped. Because if we didn't have that, uh, I don't know what would have happened. You know, we had these liars like uh, Vindman, Alexander Vindman, Lieutenant Colonel. Call me Lieutenant Colonel, he says to the commission. But uh, Vindman and all these people, they reported a much different phone call than was made. They talked about quid pro quo. Well, there was none. And I'll never forget the look on some of their faces. They said they're going to impeach me. And they went on and they started the process, which went very quick. By the way, they didn't have an impeachment inquiry. The word inquiry was thrown away. They had an impeachment because Nancy Pelosi said, we're going to impeach him. And virtually, immediately, they impeached me. They didn't go through 10 years of uh, inquiry. So I, I get a kick when I see, because they play a different game. You know, they had no good at policy, they no good at governing but they're dirty players. They're good at cheating in elections and allowing people to pour into our country from prisons and mental institutions. That's what they're good at. But they are are just so horrible for this country. But I turned out to be 100% right. I said, if for any reason you see any corruption, and you know, I have to do that actually because we, Ukraine is a very corrupt country. I hate to say it, but you know that. And we have a treaty with Ukraine, and I know you know it, most people don't. And the, the treaty, because of the tremendous corruption that has taken place at at levels that nobody's even seen before at Ukraine. We have a treaty and it says you can't be corrupt, And it's pages and pages and pages of what to do. And this is a signed treaty. And somebody signed it because they figured we're giving so much money to Ukraine, I guess you gotta have some kind of a document. But what I said was exactly right. I said, if you see any corruption, you must report it not to me, to the Attorney General of the United States. Yeah. And they didn't do that. You know, they didn't do that. Now it turned out that my ball was not only perfect, it was beyond perfect. It was like it, it, I, yeah, I nailed it. Now, unfortunately, very few people report that. They try and forget it. Like, well, let's not talk about that one yeah. anymore. But I had great backup. I will say from the Republican Party, Jordan, all these guys, they they backed me. You know, we won. I think it was 196 to nothing in Congress, which is something that just doesn't happen. 196 to nothing on the impeachment thing, and that's something you don't you don't see. But it was not just a correct call; it was really I was the one that started this whole thing because that's what started at Barisma. It was it was all so corrupt, and I said, if you see corruption, please report it. That's all I did, and for that I got impeached. And here's Biden. Goes, and I don't know what he was thinking when he did this. I don't know. I, you know, He was never a smart guy in prime time. You know that. I mean, people have said that for years. Okay? <laughs> yeah, sir. You take a look at numbers. You take a look at everything. But I don't know what he was thinking when he stood up and bragged about how he gave, how he wouldn't give the billion dollars and you got to get rid of the prosecutor. And then, voila, the prosecutor's gone and he's bragging about it. He could have done without that conversation. If that were me or a Republican that used those exact same words, the trial would have ended two years ago.
0: All right, folks, more with our exclusive interview with President Trump right after these messages. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale. Four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.US slash Just News. That's AMAC.US forward slash Just News. Man, that sunset is gorgeous.
2: Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. I want to ask you another question about impeachment, but someone else's possible impeachment. If you ask a dozen different Republicans, you're going to get a dozen different answers on whether Joe Biden should be impeached, whether it's good or bad for the country, whether it's good or bad politically. You've got some Old testamenty Republicans who say an eye for an eye, you impeach our guy, we're going to impeach yours. If House leadership came to you, if Republican leadership in the House came to you and said, Mr. President, should we impeach Joe Biden, what would you tell them?
1: Well, I would say this. Uh, I was impeached twice. They were bogus and won both of them. Uh, And they were so far out. They were not things that should have been done. They should not have been uh, uh, brought. It was a disgrace. And, in fact, there's a movement on, as you know, for expungement, which is to get rid of even the fact that they even went through the charade. But in the case of Biden... And that's what I don't understand. You have Republicans that are looking, if the money trail turns out to be what it is going to turn out to be, because I don't think, you know, when you have all these corporations and you have all of these different uh, methods of, uh, even all the aliases, whoever heard of it, he's got more aliases than Al Capone had. (laughs) Uh, I would think that, you know, a a fair person, because you want it to be fair, it has to be fair, a fair person, they weren't fair to me at all, by the way. That was just, you were told to impeach. the people. They didn't even know what they were voting for. But a fair person would say, you have no choice but to impeach. He's stolen money. Look, just a statement about the billion dollars. And the billion dollars, that's a big statement. I mean, that statement, when I first heard that, it was a long time ago that we heard that statement. When I first heard that, I said, wow, that really is a quid pro quo. I had none. You know when I uh, when they finally revealed my call because we had it transcribed by two really professionals and it was down to the tack. But when they first heard, they were going crazy about what I said, and then the stories got bigger and bigger. And I demanded this, and I demanded everything. I wanted everything, and then I said uh, we have the call essentially taped, and everyone died in the day. You know they almost stopped the impeachment. You know that when they heard Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi saw the transcript and she said, we can't do this. How the hell can we impeach him? We're going to die with this thing. And uh, Adam Schiff and some others said, I think we can get by it and do very well. And we went through a long trial and we won unanimously with the Republicans and killed it. And I want to tell you, that was a disgrace. But Nancy Pelosi, when she first read the transcript, and they were already all set to go. They had all done all this work, but they didn't take months. They took a matter of hours, you know, yeah. their months had to, to be asked. And that's why when we use the word impeachment inquiry, to me, it sounds very soft. The bottom line is uh, if this cash is true, if all these things are true, you know, the statement is true about the billion dollars because he's got that. Right. I don't know actually how a Republican could not do it. I think a Republican would be primaried and lose immediately, no matter what district they're in. It, it's hard to believe that a Republican would have sat through my impeachment over a better than perfect phone call because it was not only not only perfect. I predicted this thing. Yeah, uh, I can't believe that a Republican could survive in the Republican Party, or even survive. I actually think there'd be pressure on Democrats to vote for it because I don't know how you how do you run as a Democrat when you see such unbelievable corruption and then you say we're going to vote you know, that, that Joe Biden is uh, innocent. I now change the name, as you know, to Crooked Joe. We don't call him Sleeper, we call him Crooked.
0: Crooked. <laughs> they both
1: work. But it's more, it's more accurate. It's more accurate. He's a crooked man. He's the most incompetent president in history, and he's the most corrupt president in history. And it's incredible, if he gets to the starting gate, he's physically incapable, and he's mentally worse than physical.
0: And if he gets to the starting gate, it's it would be a miracle to me,
1: I, I think. Yeah,
0: sir, I know you need to go one minute left. I just want to ask you quickly, a lot of these stories got suppressed because there was a massive censorship machine involving federal agencies. If federal agencies were involved in censorship. If you become president again, executive order, would you order the stopping of federal agencies and participating in censoring political speech?
1: Yeah, and the best thing is you put the right people at the head of those agencies. Right. And now I know all the people. You know, when I went there, I didn't know. I was... Virtually never in Washington. I was there 17 times in my life. Uh, I would put unbelievable people in charge. People that you know, people that I know. That's so important, you know, because we had great people. I had great people. And where we had the great people, everything was flawless. You know, you look at the SEC, we had a man there that was great. You know, we had, so many great people. I had great military people. I took out ISIS. I did things that nobody thought possible. Right. They weren't good at the very top, but they were good The fighters. Were unbelievable. Yeah. And some, I had generals in there that were fantastic that I got to know. You know, you see Millie, and you see some of these these clowns. But the the people that did it, if they were allowed to do their thing, because I defeated ISIS almost immediately. If they were allowed to do their thing, we were fighting that for twenty years, and I did it in no time, yeah. using the people that. I know we have some great people in our country, so I think that's very important. Yes, I would do executive orders also.
0: Sir, what a great honor to have you on. I was uh, with some military people the other day, and they were pining for the days when you were president. They actually said it right to me when we were sitting at dinner. What a great honor to have you on. We're going to be watching this campaign. Wish you well, and uh, look forward to having you back on real soon. Well, thank you very much,
1: and don't let that voter deal die on us, okay? Just keep it going, because you are at the tip of a very, very... That's the tip of a big iceberg. Yeah, That's going to be, that'll be bigger than any story you've done. And it's corrupt as hell. The election was corrupt. It was a rigged election in the United States, and it's a disgrace. So I hope you uh, go forward with it. My prime is it. We're
0: Let's on go. butter like bread. Okay, sir. Good to have you on. Thank you so much for your Thank time. Thank you, John. Thank you both. Bye. God bless you. Thank you, sir. Wow, what a great interview with President Trump. Uh, We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to introduce you to a lawyer named Paul Komen. He's on the front lines of a very important case in Europe a cancel culture slash uh, extraordinary censorship case. And people say, well, all the censorship going on at the Homeland Security Department, FBI, inside the government, these nonprofits working with the government, is it going to get worse? Well, go look at what's going on in Europe. Europe is the model for the disinformation efforts that now were tried by the Biden administration. This case involving a Finnish member of parliament is a jaw dropper. Uh, uh, not only did it involve censorship, the person gets acquitted of a crime for something that was just the free expression of religion, and now they're trying to reverse the acquittal. Uh, that's how far some of the far left people in Europe are going to silence anyone that doesn't agree with the establishment opinion, including uh, things like religious beliefs. Uh, Paul Komen's going to bring us up to speed right after these messages. <laughs> All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. You know that we talk a lot about the growing censorship uh, mechanism that is in America that is stifling all sorts of political speech. The FBI, the Homeland Security Department, uh, the Cyber uh, Security Infrastructure Security Agency. Uh, all sorts of uh, CDC. Overwhelming evidence now. Now a federal judge has ruled that some of this violated the law, uh, violated the Constitution. And so people wonder, well, if we don't put a stop to this, where is it headed? And I think a lot of our answers could be found in Europe. Europe is quite a bit ahead of the United States in terms of building an official censorship machine that basically silences people that have any Uh, objections to the official narrative in the European Union and European countries. There is a recent case in Helsinki, Finland that is just so extraordinary. Uh, It really is a harbinger of where we may be headed if we don't stop the train that this country is on right now. And to tell that story, we're very lucky to be joined by Paul Coleman. He's chief legal counsel for one of the Finnish parliamentarians by the name of Pavi Rossiden. Mr. Coleman, good to have you on the show today.
3: Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Uh, when I first heard this story, I was like, oh no, this must be a out of a novel or some good movie. And the answer, no, this really happened. Could you tell us a little bit about uh Pavi Rasanin's case and what really happened?
3: Sure. Well, we've been supporting this case now for three and a half years, Gosh. and I still think it feels like it must be made up. You know, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. How, how how can this be happening? So um, Paivi is a long standing member of the Finnish parliament. She's been serving almost longer than anyone else in the parliament. She served as a government minister in lots of other senior positions. And in 2019, um, the Finnish Lutheran Church, the state church, became an official sponsor of the Helsinki Pride Parade. And Paivi's is a member of that church. Her husband is a minister in the church. And she felt like she wanted to say something do something she went upstairs found her bible took a picture some bible verses put it on twitter and essentially asked the leadership of her church how their actions aligned with the clear teaching of scripture regarding marriage and and human sexuality yeah thought nothing more of it and then the police informed her that she was being investigated for essentially for hate speech which carries a two-year prison sentence in finland um and as they started investigating that they found a booklet that she had written in 2004 for her church on marriage and human sexuality they started investigating that and then also a radio appearance that same year where she was debating all of these things one hour live radio other guests fast moving they took two minutes really out of context and made that a criminal charge as well so for all of that she faces Three criminal charges for expressing her deeply held Christian beliefs on marriage and sexuality. And then the person who published the book that way back in 2004, Bishop Johanna Poyola, faces a criminal charge for publishing this thing as well. So here we are in court uh, defending these people who face uh, criminal charges for expressing their beliefs. It is remarkable, because these sort of
0: comments and statements, whether someone agrees with them or not, for most of the history of the modern Western world, this would be considered protected political speech in any democracy or in any constitutional republic. And now, all of a sudden, it is a criminal matter. Now, fortunately, um, uh, Pavi Rasanin was uh, acquitted right on the charges, but now there's an effort to reverse that acquittal. Isn't that
3: right? That's right. So essentially, and this is strange, I'm u k lawyer and exchange for Americans too, but in the Finnish system and some other system legal systems as well, the criminal um system works similar to our civil courts where the losing side essentially can appeal and and keep on doing so until they run until they run out of appeals. and so we had this trial um in in um february twenty twenty one and and then here we are now in uh, twenty twenty two sorry and here we are now in august twenty twenty three um, still going, and it's essentially it's going to be a complete retrial tomorrow. A two-day hearing, court of appeal, um, and this means there's another sort of horrible twist to it, but it means that the prosecutor had an opportunity last year to, to test all these arguments, see them in court, and then uh, do it again tomorrow, see what worked well, what didn't work so well, adjust, and um, have another go cost-free. Um, and so what we often say with these sort of cases is that the process becomes the punishment, yeah. ultimately. because that, when you're dragged through the court for years and you're interrogated by the police and you're having to undergo all of this, then we, of course, hope and pray that Pasey and, and Bishop Johanna will be acquitted. But even if they are, they've still endured four or five years of their life with all of this hanging over them.
0: Yeah, and enormous legal bills, enormous uh, emotional time and personal time and business time sidetrack. Part of the goal here is that even if they've done nothing wrong if you can tie them up they can't be successful in their other endeavors which seems to be one of the uh, things that, it's funny that line that you used uh sir paul is uh, it, it's remarkable in um we had an FBI whistleblower a couple of months ago come on our TV show and he said the exact thing. He was working in the FBI. They were going after certain people associated with President Trump. And he was told, listen, the process is designed to be the punishment. It doesn't matter if they did anything wrong. They're going to pay uh, no. for what. And it's it's remarkable to hear an FBI agent say that was the, yeah. the mindset inside the bureau in pursuing certain investigations, of course one of the premier law enforcement agencies in the world. And yet that too faces questions like you're raising us. So what is to be made of this? And and one of the places I want to start is the news media is an industry that relies on free speech for its uh, success, for its ability to make money, for its ability to reach audiences. Have the media rallied around um, this case or have they sided with the establishment narrative?
3: It's not been as bad as I thought it was going to be. I, <laughs> I thought <laughs> I thought they would. I, I mean, obviously what they should be doing is protecting their entire industry of by course. rallying in support of free speech. Yeah. Uh, that said, I, I suspected that they would rally around the establishment. It, It's not been too bad, actually. In, in yeah. fact, I was reading some of the Finnish news stories upon arrival here today. And relatively balanced, I think that even if you are you're part of the establishment media, um, and you have your, your tried and tested talking points. This is still shocking. And I think there will be a number of people within the media industry who are thinking what we always say, which is, if this happens to these people, don't yeah. think it can't happen to you. Oh. Um, because, of course, all of the precedent that is set by this sort of thing could easily blow in a different direction. Yeah. And, and these laws, they're so vaguely worded. It means that they can be arbitrarily enforced by whoever's holding power. The will and and of the powerful, yep. Right, exactly.
0: This uh, case, though it's in the heart of Europe, uh, and maybe hasn't gotten the attention that it should in the United States, has drawn the attention of several members of Congress. I think Congressman Chip Roy, I was at the Milwaukee uh, Republican presidential debate last week, and Chip Roy was in front of me, he was telling me about this. Uh, several members of Congress, I think 16 or 17, have signed a letter asking the ambassador of the United States to weigh in on this case. Uh, That's pretty extraordinary for uh, an American congressional delegation to weigh in. Uh, There's a reason for why Congress is interested, isn't there?
3: Yeah, because what we see happening in in Europe is a canary in the coal mine. And and it really is a a warning for what can happen elsewhere. And at, at this point, I would say... Um, it's not that much of the mentality is different in the U.S. You have that same push towards censorship. You see it on on university campuses, right. you see it in social media and elsewhere and corporations. So, that, so why is there the difference? It, it's not even the wording of the First Amendment. The, there's no special magic wording to the First Amendment. Many countries in Europe and elsewhere have similarly worded protections for freedom of speech. It's because courts in the U.S. have consistently upheld freedom of expression over a number of decades, whereas yeah. courts in other jurisdictions have essentially gutted those um, free speech protections uh, of any real value. And so it, I don't think it's, it's dramatic to say that it could happen in the US too. It wouldn't take much. Um, yeah. And I think that what we see here in Finland is a warning to the US and other Western nations that it could be coming closer to home than people would like to think.
0: Uh, there's a great line in that letter that really resonated with me when I read it the first time as a journalist. It's a very powerful statement no American, no Finn, and no human should face legal harassment for simply living out their religious beliefs. And I, I think when you step back, I believe, um, uh, P- Pavi Rasanin it was Lutheran, but if you're Catholic, if you're Islamic, if you're Jewish, and you believe in your faith teachings and you decide to speak out against something that maybe the elitist established as a you could be just as endangered as what went on uh, to this Finnish lawmaker. Uh, if this uh, standard, if this prosecution is allowed to stand it, it's pretty, um, uh, shocking. Have there been uh, members of the faith community, Catholics or others, who have come to the defense of um, this lawmaker and spoken out against this infringement of free religious expression?
3: There have. So across Europe and around the world, there have been um, many like uh, the U.S. congressmen that have been writing letters of support and, and showing their support. Unfortunately, the Finnish Lutheran Church, which Paivi is a member, has not been uh, supportive, yeah. um, which is not surprising for an establishment church. But there have been uh, a, a lot of support for her and for Bishop Johanna. and and I think it's in part because of the shocking nature of the case. Um, hate speech laws are, are sold to uh, citizens uh, essentially as, "Hey, we need these um, draconian speech yeah. uh, limitations in place to stop the neo Nazis, to stop all these bad people, to yeah. keep us all safer." And now we're seeing they're being applied against uh, a a grandmother for tweeting a picture of some Bible verses. And I think a lot of people have been woken up to to the nature of what could happen. And and the other thing is that she wrote this booklet in 2004, so we're going back almost 20 years. And I I think that people might also reflect on, hey, if I had two decades of everything I've ever said, combed through by the state with unlimited resources, would I be so confident that I would come out clean?
0: Yeah, uh, these are these are troubling questions, and um, it's a troubling debate. The, Europe is the leading edge of this disinformation, censorship, political correctness, and anti faith uh, movement that is is very clear. Again, again uh, it's a factual statement I made. This isn't a matter of opinion. There are literally people. Uh, facing prosecution for practicing their faith or literally people facing censorship for just words that they said that would in 10 years ago would have easily been recognized as protected political speech. Uh, what do you think is driving this desire to silence anyone who's not in line with the current power, people in power? Because it, it obviously this can be turned around someday. Maybe the, Liberal Finnish government thinks it's a good idea now, but maybe 10 years from the they'll be on the flip side of this. What is driving this notion that the, the state uh, has some obligation to silence people that doesn't agree with it?
3: So I think that for those in power throughout history and around the world, there's always this desire to silence your opponents. And, and so I think that's not necessarily unique. And that's where we need the laws and the courts yeah. to act as the defense against yep. that Um, inbuilt drive within those in power to use their power to silence uh, their opponents and essentially to solidify their 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 position amazing so i don't think what's happening here is is unique for those in power what what's different what i've been reflecting on as we think across the west is how many people just ordinary citizens are more and more in favor of censorship who are believing that we need to be censoring people. That free speech is is violence. Free uh, speech is potentially a bad thing. And I, right. I'm struggling to recall a moment in history where it seems that there's so many people within, uh, you know, the citizenship are in favour and clamouring for restrictions on their own liberties. Um, and of course. What that means is we've got a lot of work to do because we have to not only win these legal cases, but we have to reclaim um, a, a culture of freedom of speech. We have to see it as something cherished, something um, that we actually want. Otherwise, we'll see more and more of these cases happening oh yeah. in the future.
0: This is a, a drip that becomes a waterfall if it's not stopped now. It, it really is an extraordinarily dangerous moment for free expression in the globe and the Western world. I never thought I would say that in my lifetime and in the United States. I, we were seeing uh, extraordinary efforts here to mirror this, maybe not to the extreme, but this one, this one is one that is shocking to, I think uh, the free conscience, Paul, for the work that you're doing, if they want to stay in uh, contact about Pavi Rashanan's case uh, what's the best way to stay uh, uh, on top of this trial and top of all the things that are going on
3: yeah thank you so our website adfinternational.org will be covering all of this people will find the case from the homepage but also at, at Twitter or at X handle whatever it's called uh, we'll be we'll be live tweeting from the trial tomorrow as well sending regular updates you can yeah. find us ADF info on Twitter as well and we'll have all the updates there too yeah,
0: that is pretty remarkable. Well, Paul, what an extraordinary story. And like I said, when I first heard it, like, oh, this must be out of uh, James Clancy now. This can't be true. And it turns out it's very true. Uh, And it is, I think, uh, one of the great warning signs of uh, uh, uh against uh, the future of free speech in the Western world. That's why it's such an important case. We'll be watching with great interest and in covering it in the news uh, every day. So thank you for your time. We'll, we'll be checking in with you and see how this uh, turns out. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Great honor to have you on the show. Thank you. Folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion. Hunter Biden and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events. And you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe. Hey, folks, uh, before you head into the weekend, the holiday weekend, think just for a few seconds. Can I do more to make my investments return more for me to put my family in a better savings position in a better earnings position, a better income position, particularly in this tight economy? Well, my friends at LinkTo, that's L-I-N-Q-T-O. They have opened up an extraordinary opportunity for everyday investors, people who aren't billionaires and millionaires, who have a little money to play with, and they want to get the type of return that billionaires and millionaires get on uh, accredited investments, basically as special investment offers in the private market. Link2 has basically democratized those sort of investments, which used to be only reserved for the most wealthy of Americans if you are one of those people looking to gain access to the world of private market opportunities from disruptive unicorns to sought-after tech companies, uh, the user-friendly plan at Link2 is for you. It empowers you to invest with ease and transparency and with a modest minimum investment. Get a load of this. You only need $5,000. A lot of us can afford that. We probably have it in our portfolio That's been underperforming. We'll get, give Link2 a chance to go make you a buck or two on some of these extraordinary private market investments that normally aren't afforded to people like you and me. Uh, There's no hidden fees. It's real-time liquidity as well. You don't have to wait years to get your money back if you choose to do it. Link2 is your trusted partner in the investment landscape. Embrace innovation. Break free from traditional norms in the investment market. And join the Link2 community today. That's L-I-N-Q-T-O. And what do you do? You go to link2.com. L-I-N-Q-T-O.com slash news. To get started, you get started on your investing there. It's a really good opportunity. All right, folks. uh, We'll be right back after these messages to wrap things up. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. A big thank you to President Trump for joining us for a good part of the show today. We are going to get ready for that holiday week, and you should too. Thank you for listening. Thanks for being a part of this. God bless you. We'll be back uh, on Saturday with our Saturday uh, weekend edition on tomorrow. So be, be ready for that. All right. Have a good one, folks. Good night. God bless.